everyone, welcome back to Space Ace, a podcast all about asexuality. I hope everyone is well, especially because today's episode is all about mental health. So I feel like there's been always some sort of connection in people's minds between mental health and sexuality, just because obviously when you are discovering your sexuality, I mean, speaking from experience, you really play with my head and from other people I've spoken to, a lot of my friends who are you know, some form of queer, LGBTQ plus A, you know, however they want to identify, they have said, you know, when they were figuring it out, some of them just knew, which was great, but others, if it took some time to figure it out, kind of like how they felt was best for them to find a label and such, that, you know, it has an effect on mental health. And I've, this is something I've always been aware of, especially over the past few months where I've been going through a bit of a, I don't know what to call it, I mean, just a sexual panic is, I guess, is the best word for it, where I am now questioning whether Aero Ace is the exact right label for me on the spectrum. And I'm not going to go into that now, but it is something that really sort of spurred me onto this. And I've been doing a lot of reading about the links between mental health and sexuality, because I really think there's something there. And it's something that, especially in terms of asexuality, isn't covered that much. A lot of the articles I ended up finding were, they were great reads, great studies. Uh, I'll try and link some uh, below so you can read them. But a lot of them were to do with, i say, more generic uh, forms of sexuality. So a lot of them covered, you know, like gay and bi and lesbian. They had those like the big three. I think those are the big three that you think of generally when someone says, oh, I'm not straight, you, you kind of think, oh, are you one of these? Just because, you know, they're the most, I say the most common, I, I presume they are, from what I know of people anyway. And the studies were great, and they were really informative, but it just got me thinking that, but why aren't there more ACE studies out there? But I did actually find one, which I definitely will link, and it, it was a really interesting read. And the whole purpose of it was saying that there has been an especially big number of people, young people especially, who have been struggling with mental health and a lot of them have been you know suicidal and you know really deep depression and they have been asexual and this study was basically sort of going like looking at the studies of like why this could be obviously everyone's different everyone suffers with mental illness differently you know everyone's head is different we are all different people on the planet but it particularly looked at sort of like it broke it down into sections about why these people like as a whole as a generalized theme were suffering with mental health and a lot of them really spoke to me from just past experience and I think just the struggle I find of being asexual sometimes and I kind of just wanted to share that especially because if you're going through something like this you're definitely not alone just don't worry because it's from my own experience as well it does pass it does get better but I just feel like especially with asexuality these a lot of these come in waves I found like there'll be a time where you know I'm absolutely fine with being asexual you know having a lovely old life and then a wave will come in and I will be uncertain I'll question myself which obviously question yourself to your heart's content that's absolutely fine but something will hit me and I will like sort of go into myself and it will be because of my sexuality and I feel like I just need to explain it better when I talk about these points but yeah, so that's the theme of the episode, so I hope everyone enjoys listening. So the first kind of umbrella term that the article talks about is that why the people in the study are suffering with mental health is due to uncertainty and self-doubt. 
And I feel like this is something that's very, very common when you're coming to terms with the fact that you're asexual. Or not even coming to terms with it, just the uncertainty for general what you are. Because I think one thing that I struggled with for a long time, like I had never heard of asexuality till I got to university. I had no idea what the concept was. It wasn't really spoken about. Mind you, I grew up in, I say like the 2000s-ish. I'm a 90s baby, so late 90s. So, you know, the 2000s, like 2010s was like my time of growing up. And sexuality, it wasn't really a thing that was ever talked about. As far as I was aware, everyone was just straight. And until I had a few friends when I was in high school who sort of came out as being gay or lesbian or like, you know, whatever. It was only then I was like, oh, I became more aware that not everyone is straight and I hadn't really come to terms with what I was, I didn't really think about it. I thought, okay, well, I like someone, I know. And it just never happened. I think it's just the whole uncertainty and self-doubt, especially if you don't know that there is a label out there for you. Because obviously asexuality is known as like the invisible sexuality because no one really knows about it. And I also think it, it's under that like label essentially like being invisible is because obviously you have a sexuality, but it's not identified by who you like, it's by who you don't like. That's the way I kind of came to terms with it, it's the fact that, oh, I'm this because I don't like anyone in that way. Which obviously doesn't impact everyone who's asexual, obviously there's a whole spectrum where you can like people in different ways, but obviously you don't like people I found as quickly as others do from other people I've spoken to who are asexual. And I think there's just a lot around the self-doubt. And I think self-doubt, and uncertainty kind of come under the whole thing as well. Like it's a factor in, its in itself, but I think it's also then a factor in a lot of the other things I'm gonna be talking about because a lot of things when you're discovering them, when you're just going through the motions of, you know, figuring it all out, there will be that uncertainty, there will be that self-doubt, especially because it's like 1% of the population are asexual. It's not like you can go to your friend, oh, like I think I'm gay. Oh yeah, cool, me too. Like it's, I found it's very, very rare to ever find anyone else who's asexual, let alone someone who's, you know, you trust and who's close to you and you're trying to figure it out. So yeah, uncertainty and self-doubt, I think it's something that we can all relate to. And there's something, there's a quote from the article as well that really, really stuck with me. And it says, if sex is natural, am I broken? Can I really be like this? Or is there something wrong with me? And this has plagued me since as long as I can remember. Like, honestly, the, the words like, are you broken? What's wrong with you? They go around my head and again and again and again, especially when I was trying to figure it out because I was so annoyed at myself that I couldn't feel what the people feel. And like when I, my friends came to going, oh my God, I think I like this guy. And we talk about it and I just wouldn't get it. I'd be like, well, why do you like them? They just sound annoying. Like I just didn't get it. And I kept thinking, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? Why can't I join in in these conversations? Why can't I be like you? Why can't this excite me? why can't I feel this? And I mean, again, I think that kind of goes across everything as well, but it definitely falls within the uncertainty self-doubt bracket. But if you are feeling like that, please, please, please don't. And it's, I know it's really hard for me to say, oh yeah, don't, don't think about it. Like, don't feel like that. Because when I go through my little waves of uncertainty, the thought does come back. I feel like the thought's never going to leave me because I do feel like I'm broken. And I do feel you know that something is wrong with me even though I know there's not but it's just always in the back of your head and it's always sort of like if I wasn't like this imagine what life could be like and it just you, you spin around about it but there's nothing you can do about it it's who you are it's something that you can't change about yourself so you have to just live with it and I, I think that might have just sounded tougher than I intended but you know it's just one of those things and I, what I'm basically trying to say is you can think that but 
it's not going to help you by thinking it. You've just got to find a way to work with it. Like anything else, you just got to find a way to work with it and get on with it. Like I've said this to a lot of people, like or a lot of my friends when we've been talking, you know, if you have a certain condition or, you know, anything that it will affect your life in a way that it won't affect anyone else's. But what is the use of sitting and crying about it? You can, obviously, I'm not dismissing that. I've done that plenty of times. You know, sat in a corner, all my eyes out by the fact that, you know, I can't love people the same way as everyone else. Get out of my system and then I figure out how to work with it. Otherwise, you're just going to be sat in a corner for your whole life. And that's just, just a massive waste. So the next thing the article talks about is imposter syndrome. Which, I feel just, I, I will keep saying this, but I feel like all these points are just really well linked. Because obviously self-doubt, imposter syndrome, like they're just so well connected. But for those of you who don't know, imposter syndrome is basically when you feel like you can't do something. Because it, it just feels like fraud, essentially. Like it feels like you can't do it because it's not who you are. And I think a lot of people talk about imposter syndrome in terms of jobs. So, for example, if you went into like, this amazing job and it's like, kind of like again the self-doubt of you when you're in there you feel like you're an imposter because you feel like you, sh- you don't deserve to be there that's like the underlying thing of imposter syndrome and in terms of sexuality it's basically when you know you you identify as asexual but you know it's not quite what you think it is going to be and I feel like hang on, I'm just going to read a bit from the article because they explain it so much better than I'm trying to So the article says, especially soon after coming to terms with a label that feels best, if you identify as asexual, going through a more sexual phase or engaging in sex with a certain person may make you question your overall identity. If you're asexual and heteroromantic, romantic attracted to biological opposite sex or gender, you might feel like you can't take up place, place, space in the LGBTQ plus community. You can. So it's basically saying that because you are asexual, you feel like you can't be involved in the LGBTQ plus A spectrum, which, again, I get it in terms of, I feel like asexuality does have a place in it, but I also feel like asexuality is just, like the whole spectrum itself is just sexuality as a whole. Like I've said this in a previous episode, but I really, really do feel like everyone is on the asexual spectrum somewhere. It just means that, you know, people who are, you know, fully straight, fully gay, they will be on the allosexual side and, you know, identify as, you know, allo, and they can be like allo straight, allo bisexual, you know, whatever. But I do get it in terms of like, when people talk about the LGBTQ plus a spectrum, they go on about, you know, gay rights, bi rights, transgender rights, like every right, but they don't ever really talk about the right to just be who you are and not be with anyone like it's just not even thought about really so I do get that and sometimes I also think that it can come under the term of you know you feel like you're invading because you feel like you shouldn't be there it's kind of like as well when you're trying to find a label that works best for you and you're kind of like I like the term trying on I heard that somewhere recently and I really really like the term and it's obviously basically where you're seeing the label fits for you and at first you may feel like you're an imposter in this label because you don't know if it's for you yet but don't be it's just trying to try and try it on the next thing the article talks about is struggling to fit in and I feel like again this is just something that can be in anything because 
what a world we live in. Like, I'm going to do a whole episode uh, at some point in the next coming weeks about what it's like to be an asexual person living in a very sexual world. And this is something that I could just go on about forever and ever and ever, but I, for a minute, just sit in silence and think about the world around you. Think about in the past week, how many times you saw people kissing. And this could be people that you know in the street, on TV, on in a film, in a book. Obviously that's reading, but you know, same point. Think about it. Think about all the moments of affection you've seen between people and just in the past week and tell me we don't live in an asexual asexual and tell me we don't live in a sexual world it's all people tend to talk about have you ever noticed when you see someone you know what a friend you haven't met up with in person in forever or even spoken to in forever it tends to be the first few things you ask each other is oh how are you how's work are you dating anyone tell me i'm wrong Tell me I'm wrong, unless obviously you are not like that, which is fair dues, but I've had the situation with so many friends, especially before I came out, less so now people know I'm asexual and they know I don't care. But before that, whenever I see someone after a long time, be like, oh yeah, like, how are you? How's work or how's uni or like, you know, whatever you're doing at the time. Oh, like, are you with anyone? Like, you've been talking to anyone? It's a, it's a very good topic of conversation to get the conversation moving, especially if you haven't seen each other in a while, but... I just hate it. Why are we defined by who we're dating, who we're talking to? Why should it matter? I get that the person might be a big important part of your life, but you shouldn't be defined by that. Because from what I've seen, it just makes people miserable. If it's something that you want to talk about with your friends, then sure. But I feel like it shouldn't be such a starting point. But I think it is generally because it's something that most people can relate to. You know, like I said, it can get the conversation going. It could be like, oh, yeah, I've been talking to this person. You've got a conversation starter. You can talk about this guy or this girl that they're talking to. Or, you know, if they're not, be like, oh, like, oh, how come are you interested in anyone? Like, you can have that conversation. Like, oh, am I like this person? It's all these different conversations, which I get it, because majority of people on this planet will be able to join in with. But what about those of us who can't? What about those of us who don't care about that, who have other things that they'd rather talk about? I know this is just very dependent on the person and the group, but I do feel like it's something that isn't talked about enough and there isn't enough content out there, especially in the media, that shows there's more to life than relationships. Because you look at anything, you look at the latest book you read, the latest film you watched, and tell me that there isn't a romantic subplot in there. Even if it's not the main point, it's going to be in there because that's what people can relate to. I fully am behind that and I think it's great. I love a good romantic plot line if it's characters that I really like, but I'm so sick of seeing it everywhere. And this is again going to be a whole other episode because I've got a lot of thoughts on the topic, but I think the whole struggling to fit in is really down to the fact that from a young age we're taught, okay, when you grow up, you're going to get a job, you're going to get your own place and you're going to be in a relationship. It's less defined now in terms of, you know, there's a lot less pressure around getting married and having kids. But at the end of the day, it's still you plus one. And the age is also not as much a factor. Now, obviously, at the time, way back when, from I know from talking to older friends, it was very much like, oh, when you get to this age, you're going to be wanting to settle down. And like there's less pressure about that now, thank God. But it's still the pressure of, oh, when you're going to be with someone you know, there, there is going to be someone eventually. 
it's just awful, especially when you're trying to figure it out. And I feel like the struggling to fit in is something that I've suffered with a lot, especially at uni and just in general, like I didn't like uni because I didn't fit in with the culture. It just wasn't me. But also the main part is that struggling to fit in in terms of everyone's out there dating and partying. It's like, that's just not me. And I feel like this is also something that's really become apparent in my recent years. Like I'm going into my mid twenties, you know, terrifying. And I'm at a point where all my friends are very much split in terms of there are those that are in relationships and those that aren't but it is the pressure of more and more of them are getting into you know the, the serious relationships I'm at the point where everyone's you know thinking about settling down and like they're buying places together and again it's another part of life that I'm not going to be involved in in the same way which is fine we all have our own journeys but it's really hard to be able to not relate to them in that way and not have that common ground like it's such a basic human right common ground that I'm just not going to be a part with in the same way and you know I'm fine with it but then there's some days I'm not and it is just one of those things that I'm just you know coming to terms with and yeah it was something that I think everyone struggles with and it's just I mean it's just one of those things but I'd be interested to see what other people think about this as well because some people obviously go out of their own life they don't really care and I never really cared about fitting in you know I was the one who was into science fiction and writing and, you know, didn't care about boys, obviously. And, you know, I didn't care about High School Musical. I was watching all these really hardcore sci-fi shows and, like, I didn't mind. So I had other things to talk about with my friends. I had other common bits of common ground. But I think it's just become more and more apparent that being different is always good. I'm never going to knock that. Being different is great. You always be you. But there are certain things that I just wish, you know were spoken about in a better way and weren't seen as common so everyone could just be themselves. So the next part, I'm going to think I'm going to read from the article as well because it's anxiety and this is again something that I've come to a lot of realisation with especially in the past few years about anxiety and whatnot and I'm not saying that sexuality causes anxiety at all but I'm just going to read from the article and then, then we'll discuss. So it says about anxiety Acknowledging that your sexuality is different from you than what you thought and different from the norm can be difficult and especially for asexual individuals living in a sex-focused culture. Literally what I've just been talking about. You might wonder about what this means for your dating life and even your social life. It can be stressful to figure out when you tell people to go on dates and anticipate how they'll respond. Think about what this feels to you. If telling people that you're asexual before you even go on a date helps relieve some anxiety, about their reaction, go for it. If it doesn't, there's no need to bring it up until the time feels right. I think this is an interesting one because I feel like anxiety in terms of sexuality, yes, is also very much in the, when am I gonna tell people what their reaction's gonna be? And I feel like that's a general consensus, like shared anxiety. And I think not just in terms of sexuality, but when you have something to tell people, but like, like coming out is a really good example. And I also think this comes down to how you feel in general about dating and whatnot, because that's always going to be, you know, very individual. And I think that dating as an asexual is really, really hard because I've thought about trying it, but it's the whole thing of like, mm, I may love it if I try it, but also mm, I may hate it because people can be awful. And I don't know if I want to put myself through it. And you kind of go in this little like hamster wheel and I know I won't know until I try it and I'm yeah, I'm fully aware of that. But I think 
it's the anxiety of trying it and the anxiety of what the other person's thoughts going to be. Obviously, you hear all these stories about these horrible people on dates, like not just guys but girls as well. And the thing I've always been worried about is leading people on by accident. There was a guy when I was at school, and because my school was huge, we didn't meet until year ten, and we were in the same history class. And I think it was only we were a couple of weeks into this new year, like a new school year, so it was September, I think. And he gave me this love note, and we'd never had a conversation before. He clearly just liked the way I looked, you know, flattering. But I didn't, I didn't care at all. But I had such anxiety after that about accidentally flirting with people because I didn't know what flirting was. I still, to this day, could not tell you if I'm flirting or not. And I always make sure when I'm in a situation with someone where, obviously I'm not going to assume everyone likes me because obviously not. But if I'm ever in a situation where I start to question whether they do, I'm very careful about what I say and how I say it until I tell them that I'm ace. Because I'm not as worried about it now. It tends to be one of the first things people know about me because, you know, I do this. And I talk about it a lot on social media now. But before that time, I used to be so careful when talking to certain people in certain situations in case I let them on. And like for me, that's the anxiety that I have when it comes to being asexual. Because I never want to leave someone on by accident. I know that's not a massive thing to be anxious about, but you know, you never want to hurt people's feelings. You know, you want to be a good person. But I think I can definitely relate as, as well to the anxiety around dating. I think it's one of the reasons why I haven't tried it is because I'm worried that, you know, I will try and go on a date with someone and they'll get annoyed if, you know, I don't want to kiss them or it doesn't go well, they feel something and I don't. And it's just a lot of unknown variables that are just absolutely terrifying. And I don't know if I want to do it. Like, I've always thought to myself, if I'm ever going to date someone, I don't want to be friends with them first. I don't want to have that good, trusting foundation. And then we'd see if we can take stuff further. So that's always been my philosophy about it. Because, you know, again, safe ground. I don't know, I won't upset them. And I, I think I'd like them to know beforehand that I'm asexual. Unless, you know, I happen to meet them and we, you know, hang as friends. And for some reason they don't know. And then maybe something happens and they find out, you know. Again, another unknown variable that's not worth discussing. But I think there's just a lot of unusual anxieties around being asexual that can't always be shared with other sexualities. Even, you know, if you're gay or bi or, you know, lesbian or, you know, whatever. I feel like it's going to be a slightly different form of anxiety. You know, can be very, very similar, but I feel like it's never going to be the same because, obviously, a lot of people even now like they don't they've never heard of asexuality a lot of my friends have never heard of it till I mentioned it to them till I told them what it was and a lot of people just it takes them a while to understand it and especially because the spectrum's so huge like I could be on a date with someone maybe even if I do know them but they don't know I'm asexual and I tell them and they're like oh okay this, this is not going to go anywhere then it's like well it doesn't mean that and I feel like it's just it was something that was then stressed them out maybe I, I don't I couldn't tell you for sure but there's, again, just so many unknown variables about it that cause the anxiety and stress that make you not want to do it. And I feel like it is something that's very particular when it comes to asexuality. And it's definitely something that should be discussed more. And, yeah, that is pretty much all the points. And, again, they I feel like they just all meld into each other a little bit, and that's fine. And I just hope, I hope that was informative. I hope that was helpful, because reading that definitely made me feel better because I felt all of those things before I still feel all of those things now I think the key message I want to come out of this episode is that it's okay if you feel these things and it's okay if you always feel these things 
at different points in your life. Like I know for me, the anxiety about dating is not going away anytime soon. The anxiety of telling people I'm asexual is not going away anytime soon. The fact that I don't fit in with society is not going away anytime soon. I'm just trying to live in my little bubble and get on with it. Like I'm never going to fit in with the world. And there's a TikTok that I've seen that I really liked and it was something, I don't remember exact words, but it was something along the lines of, I don't feel like I'm made for this world. And then the other person goes, no, but this world was made for you. And I really, really liked it because I, for the longest time, felt like I wasn't meant for this world. Like I grew up thinking, oh, maybe I'm actually an alien and this is just not real. Or, you know, it's virtual reality. Like everyone's just insane in this love bubble. Like I just didn't get it. I thought I was from a different planet. And it's, it's just such, it's just such a weird thing to grow up thinking one thing and then finding out something completely different. I always imagine it's what it's like if you're ever adopted and don't find out till you're like 20. <laughs> like I've always imagined it's like that variable because obviously you grow up with these ideologies thinking, okay, one day I'm going to fall in love. And yeah, I'm not saying I won't being asexual, but I know it's going to be a lot harder and I don't have the experience of, you know, the first crush when I'm 16 and whatnot. And it's just going to be a different path and that's okay. But it's, it's just hard to comprehend some days and... I don't want anyone to... I'm not sure I understand. Siri, sorry, that was not meant for you. And I basically just want people to feel okay to feel these things because there's still so much stigma around mental illness, less so luckily, but I feel like it's something that people still look down on. Like when I remember having a bad day, I don't want anyone to know because I'm worried about what they'll think. When it's okay, we all have bad days, we're all human. We're all going to feel things some days and that's okay. I've, I've coming to learn feelings are fine. I may not express it in, in person with other people, but you know, on my own, feelings are fine. And I feel like especially when it comes to sexuality, you have to feel. You have to be able to understand it in your own way. And you have to know that going through all these things is natural. And I think it's more than expected, honestly. It's just one of the things. And it always brings me back as well to anyone who grew up in the like, 2000s, 2010s, will remember a show called Arthur. And I bring it up because I don't remember exactly what the episode was, but I remember it was a learning about some sort of, I feel like maybe it was like, uh, what's it called? I feel like it was learning about autism or it was learning about, you know, something that a kid had. I don't remember what exactly what it was, but it was an episode and we kind of saw the world from their perspective and like everything was in really bright colours and people were you know kind of morphed versions of themselves I think someone had like six arms or something I don't remember except I don't remember this context but I remember watching it and be really interested in the fact that this is how this person who looks exactly the same as me sees the world and that's always stuck with me because obviously we only see the world through our own eyes. We never see the world through anyone else's perspective. And the only way we can do that is through things like TV and books and like media in general, which is why I love media so much, because it's such an eye-opener into someone else's life. It's like you're walking in someone else's shoes. And I really would love to be saying that about being asexual, because I'd love to be able to show people, this is what it's like to be me. This is what it's like to live in my shoes and have these feelings and these no feelings just to show people like this is what it's like and you've got no idea because it's so much harder.
like so the last thing I want to really mention is the fact that don't get annoyed at people when they say oh but being asexual is so much easier like I get it it's frustrating because I've had people say to me plenty of times when they know they're crying over a boy or this girl won't text them back or you know whatever they're like oh it's just so much easier for you because you don't feel this it's like yeah it's easier because I don't spend days crying over this person who didn't message me back but do you know how lucky you are to have that do you know how lucky you are to have those feelings and have that want that need for that affection I do anything to see what it was like and it's the whole thing about you can't have what you you know you can't have what you can have you can't have what's not there but it's something that you know I'm still coming to terms with this day I came out like nearly two nearly two years ago I think yeah I think yeah 2020 yeah no 2021 last year I don't know from the time I came out which I think was last year I've been coming to terms with the fact that you know this is who I am I may never feel that and that's okay but some days I wish I could some days I wish I could know what it was like and you know that's okay too but that's a good place to round off before I get too you know in 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 it soppy but I hope everyone enjoyed this episode I hope it was illuminating and I hope it all made sense if anyone ever has any questions you know feel free to message me on Instagram which is just you know space ace and the email is spaceace21 at gmail.com everything will be linked down below as always tiktok is space ace just space ace city you know space is everywhere I am working on you know website and whatnot it's just taking some time to put together but yeah anyone feel free to you know drop a message drop a dm anytime you know even if you have episode suggestions or whatnot but I hope this was helpful and illuminating and I hope it helps you or helps someone close to you because there's nothing worse than not knowing how to help a friend or not knowing how to help yourself thank you so much for listening everyone I hope you will have a lovely day and I will see you next time space ace out